0: Again, like I mentioned, uh, first thing, can anybody hear that? Sort of. Anybody hear that? Yes? All right, I see some thumbs up in the back. All right, very good. Um, Like I started things off with, uh, this is a very weird time, isn't it? Uh, And and, and we've been through, as a church family, we've been through a lot. And uh, I tried to pick out songs for this week that went along that theme that things are crazy, things are uh, not the way we want them to be. Uh, A lot of us have experienced different varying degrees of loss. But guess who hasn't changed through all of this? Everything has been turned on its head And nobody expected we'd be going through any of this right now. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so that's what we're going to sing about first. That as Job said, uh, Job in the Bible, in the Old Testament, he lost everything. He lost all his kids in one day. He lost all his livestock, so basically his livelihood, his source of income, his job, all in one day. He lost everything all in one day. And, and on top of that, he got a horrible, horrible skin disease uh, that put him through much physical torment. And you know what he says in Job chapter 1, verse 21? He says, the Lord gives what I had, and then, and the Lord is the one who took it away. But that's not what he ends that verse with. He ends the verse with, But still, I will bless the name of the Lord.
1: Blessed be your name In the land that is plentiful Where streams of abundance flow Blessed be your name Blessed be your name When found in the desert place or I walk through the wilderness Blessed be your name Every blessing you pour out Turn back to praise And when the darkness closes in, Lord Still I will say Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your name Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your glorious name Blessed be your name When the sun's shining down on me When the world's all as it should be Blessed be your name Blessed be your name On the road marked with suffering Though there's pain in the offering Blessed be your name Every blessing you pour out of Turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name.
0: whole experience over the past I I look I I saw yesterday that from the time Governor Murphy issued his stay-at-home order till today it has been 12 weeks it's been 12 weeks can you believe that that's a long time it's been a long storm it's been a long storm that that we've all been through and and some have, have been through an even harder and difficult and darker storm uh, but through it all, as Job, as Job declared to the Lord, still I will bless the name of, my, uh, of the Lord. Did you know that when you sing praises to our Heavenly Father, he inhabits those? He's here right now. Well, obviously we know he's here right now, but still more so as we're praising him. He inhabits the praises of his people, his word says. And did you also know that when you praise God, even in the midst of of, of the darkest, hardest storm. That is one of the greatest weapons you have against the enemy. That is one of the greatest weapons you have against the enemy. You say, you are not gonna take me down. My God is bigger than all of this. I may not fully understand what's going on or why he's allowed certain things to happen, but I know there is a reason for it. And I know I will understand it someday. It may be on the other side of heaven, but it will be someday. And I know that he has a plan. I know it is perfect. And because of that, I will still praise my God. I will still worship him. So get back, enemy. Get back, fear. You have no power over me. I have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And I will praise the Lord.
1: I raise a hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than beyond me. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you lost your hold on me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. Sing a little louder In the presence of my enemies Sing a little louder Louder than the unbelief Sing a little louder My rapping is a melody Sing a little louder Heaven comes to fight for me Sing a little louder In the presence of my enemies Sing a little louder Louder than the unbelief, sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody, sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for me, sing a little louder. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar, up from the ashes, hope will rise. Death is defeated, the king is alive.
0: A little bit different being outside, being in the wind, huh? <laughs> Again, our, our third song today is Waymaker. And God had been leading me to uh, intro this even before any of this happened. Uh, Patty and I, Patty Heater and I had gone over it a couple of times and we were gonna introduce it, you know, in, in, the, in a few weeks after that. But then, uh, it, we the church leadership decided it was best uh, to, for everybody's health and safety, that we canceled that first service. We canceled, and we've been we've not had services since then. Uh, but it's just it's awesome to see how the words of this song continue continue to ring true, and continue to breathe hope in every situation we're going through, into everything we're experiencing, and especially uh, right now in the time of this crisis, that even though things look, you, you, obviously it doesn't seem like any, that much is different here on this beautiful piece of property and it's so peaceful. But we know that as soon as we get out on Belvedere Road, we know what the world is like. We know that you, when you go grocery shopping, you gotta wear a mask. You go anywhere public, you got to wear a mask. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's a, a much different world out there right now. And but at the same time, God is still moving. God is still moving. God is still working. God is still changing hearts. God is still transforming lives. God never stopped working. He will always make a way. He is always the one who will make miracles happen out of nowhere. He is always the one who keeps all of his promises, and that is important for our message today that we're going along that theme. He, he's the one who always keeps all of his promises. That is who he is. It's not just something that he does. That is who he is. That is his character. That is who he is as our heavenly father. So again, if you uh, hopefully you've gotten a chance to familiarize yourself with this. Uh, and if not, you can just listen to the words uh, and worship in your heart.
1: you are here, man in every heart. I worship you. Yeah, I worship you Lord. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God,
0: Thank you for this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, maker of heaven and earth for giving us this beautiful weather today. And I pray that you continue to give us beautiful weather through the end of this month, at least as we keep an eye on on what we can uh, continue to do. Lord, I thank you for all those who gathered together here today. I thank you that they were able to make it out today, uh, that everything went smoothly uh, for us to have our service here today. We pray that you would be with those who have suffered such tremendous loss, so much heartache, so much, so many tears, so much pain. I pray for those who are go- currently going through very difficult health conditions and situations, uh, that you would be near to them. We know that you are our healer. You are our great physician. So, Lord, we cry out to you for your healing. and and restoration to those who have have suffered uh, tremendous medical uh, setbacks. We hold those dear to our hearts. I pray that your spirit would go forth today. I thank you that as everything has seemed so crazy for so long, that you never changed. You have always been our anchor You have always been our hope. You've always been who we put, we we, we can always put our trust in and where we derive our peace from. You are our only source of peace and comfort and strength. So Lord, I pray that you would be with us this morning. We know that you are. That any burdens, heartache, uh, sins perhaps that are weighing us down, Lord, I pray that we would lay them at your feet. And we would, as, as Mary did in the New Testament, we would just sit at your feet and, and hear what you have to teach us today. And I pray that your spirit would go forth and these seeds of truth may be buried deep within us and bear real fruit in our lives. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, welcome to our first drive-in service. I think i got a paperweight here. You know how much I like to use my hands when I talk. So I'm gonna get a paperweight here. Once again, welcome to our first uh, drive-in service, and it's a little bit different than usual. You can't uh, look over your shoulder at anybody, really, or you're just looking out your back window. Uh, But at the same time, hey, it's nice to be out in the fresh air. huh? There's pros to every situation. It's nice to be out in the fresh air. We have a beautiful day uh, to gather together here today, and we have a beautiful piece of property on which to do it in this uh, peaceful, quiet area here. And as you can see, the farmer who leases the this corner over here, from us here, has already planted his crops, uh, and they're already starting to come up here. And maybe you can see it, maybe you can't, but you can kind of picture it over here. Uh, and it's the perfect image out here in God's creation of what we'll be talking about today. And as you, as you all know, hopefully, as you've been uh, getting my emails, I've been spending quite a bit of time uh, in the Book of Matthew, right? Maybe. You've been thinking, boy, he's been obsessed with the book of Matthew all this time. Uh, As I've been recording uh, audio messages and video services, and I encourage you around Easter time, I don't know if anybody remembers this or not, but I encourage you around Easter time that Matthew would be a good uh, book for you to read through during this time, or reread through during this time if you've already read through it. And why I encouraged that, and why I have been spending so much time in it recently, is that like the other gospels, the actions and words of Jesus are so powerful. They're so powerful, even uh, especially during such a trying time as the one we're still in. So we're gonna stay in Matthew for the time being, but we're gonna take a little bit different of a focus. Uh, we're gonna hone in on a major aspect of what the book of Matthew is. And that's the many, many parables that Jesus teaches uh, and that are located in the book of Matthew. We've been through a lot as a a church family over the past few months. Again, we've lost loved ones and we've lost sources of income and we've gone through scary ordeals with with this virus itself. and And we've battled against other physical ailments like surgeries and other injuries. And and have not been able to join with each other for, for spiritual support and strengthening from worship and God's word for quite some time until today. And especially because of all these things that we've been through as a church family, these parables or stories that Jesus used to illustrate truths about the kingdom of God are needed more than ever today. Specifically, the parable we'll be talking about today is more so poignant, as, and you'll see this as we go through it. It mirrors everything we've been going through as of late. And as we sit here in, in our vehicles, uh, in, in this quiet place that's been beautifully uh, taken care of, where crops have already been planted and are growing in anticipation of the harvest, today we're going to be in Matthew 13, starting with the parable of the sowed seeds. Of course, as you go through the Gospel of Matthew from the beginning, there are other parables that Jesus teaches with. But as you see, when you get to chapter 13, something changes. When you get to chapter 13, this is where Jesus transitions to primarily speaking to the crowds that gather to see him in parables. He, yes, Jesus uses a few parables up to Matthew 13, but boom, when you hit Matthew 13, he, there's a switch that gets flipped. And Jesus all of a sudden transitions to only teaching in parables to the crowds, starting in Matthew 13. In fact, according to one biblical scholar, the disciples notice, it's so profound that the disciples notice a distinct difference in how Jesus is speaking to everyone in general, starting with the parable of the sowed seeds. And when Jesus is done with the specific parable, they come up to Jesus and say, Master, what gives? What happened here? Something happened in between Matthew 12 and Matthew 13 here. In Matthew 13, 10 through 17, Jesus explains why, but we're not going to get into all that today. Today I want to simply focus on uh, the parable of the seeds itself, along with its explanation. As we process this parable uh, through what we've been going through as a church family, I'm sure we will all see these mirrors of connection with it. Hopefully it will strengthen us in what we've been through, what we will continue to go through, and give us the strength to face whatever the next thing down the road will be. So if you brought your Bible with you today, please turn to Matthew 13. If not, I'm sure you brought a smartphone with you today. Go to your app store, download the Bible app from Life.Church. It's completely free. You don't need to worry about paying anything. Go to your app store, look for, search for Bible as one word, then Life.Church, and I will take you right to it. Download that. Now is a great time to download that app to your phone so you have it from now on. So also turn to Matthew 13. Uh whatever version of Bible you have there. So let's all look at Matthew 13 together. Picking up in verse three, this is what we read. In Matthew chapter 13, verse three we read, and he spoke many things to them in parables. Now obviously, back then, there wasn't all this farming equipment calibrated to get the most yield out of seeds and only put them where they'll, they'll sprout. Because he says in Matthew 13, Verse, starting at verse three. And he spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, the sower went out to sow. Or just take a pause there. The sower went out to sow. Again, there wasn't all this farming equipment back then to calibrate it to get the most yield out of seeds and only putting them where they'll sprout. A farmer would just go out with a sack of seeds slung over his shoulder, dip his hand into the bag and just start tossing out seeds hoping for the best. We'll see when we read the next uh, few verses in this parable, which very closely mirrored everyday life for a a lot of the people listening to Jesus speak, we'll see that these seeds fell on four different kinds of ground and situations. Four different kinds of ground and situations. In verse 4, what what were they? Let's start. pick up in verse 4. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. So the first one is right next to the footpath where the dirt is packed down and a bunch of stones are embedded in it for its only purpose right along the footpath its only purpose was to serve as a hard surface for people to walk on that's all it was made for it wasn't made to grow things in it was made for people to walk on as such as soon as some of the seed fell on it the birds who were watching This farmer intently, this whole time, immediately come up behind him and peck at the seeds and eat all of them. What's the next scenario? Verses five through six. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. This second scenario, situation, this seed fell on ground that looked fertile. It looked fertile. I mean, at least it didn't look like the outright road next to it, right? It looked a little bit better than the road right next to it. But perhaps unbeknownst to the farmer, what lay only a couple inches under this nice-looking soil was bedrock. So these sprouts' roots would only be able to go down so far. Sure, they looked Successful because of the soil, but the soil simply was not deep enough. So because of that, the rain dried up quickly and in the hot Middle Eastern sun, the roots were not able to get enough water and nutrients, only way too much sun and they withered and died. That's the second situation, the second scenario. Next up is in verse seven. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out. So these, unlike the seeds right before, but like the first group of seeds, never had a chance. Unlike the second seeds, but like the first type of seeds, these third seeds never had a chance. They unfortunately got tossed into a thicket of brambles, which blocked out all the sun. Whereas the seeds in the shallow soil got plenty of sun, but no water, these got neither. The brambles sucked up all the water, and the brambles took all the sunlight. Nice neighbors, huh? Sure, these seeds might have sprouted, and here's why. And I don't know why I didn't know this before. You guys probably knew this. I didn't know this before. Seeds don't need sunlight to sprout. Did you know that? Seeds do not need sunlight to sprout. All they need is water. That's why you can sprout seeds in a moist paper towel. So this third round of seeds might have sprouted if they got enough water. But once they sprouted, they didn't get anywhere near the amount of sunlight they needed. So they too withered and died. The fourth round of seeds landed on this type of soil and had this result. Verse 8. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now that's what I would call a successful planting, wouldn't you? The seeds that fell on the fertile soil, this fourth round of seeds. Not only did these seeds fall on fertile soil, but they grew to maturation, bore whatever grain or fruit or vegetable they were, and therefore produced even more seeds for the next season. From one seed, that farmer not only got fruit or vegetables or whatever it was, but in addition, a hundred more seeds to plant the following year. I'd say that's a pretty good return on that investment, wouldn't you? So what four kinds of ground and situation do we have from this parable? Well, we have the road, right beside the road with birds. That's the first one, pecking everything. The road with birds. Shallow dirt with bedrock, just a few inches under that. Choking brambles, number three. And lastly, successful fertile soil. Now, we have the blessing of reading Jesus' explanation in a few verses, but when the crowd and even Jesus' disciples heard of this, they were all like, what? What in the world are you talking about here? When Jesus was finished talking, you can imagine hearing pretty much silence and murmurs, and then that one random guy that says, well, that was weird, You you can imagine this going on as soon as Jesus is done with this uh, parable. With the crowd itself, Jesus was done. He was done with them. He was finished. They had to go home and figure out what in the world Jesus was talking about. The disciples, however, as Jesus' closest and most invested followers, they got the blessing of having this parable explained to them. And in this way, we too, as Jesus' followers, also get the explanation. So what is that? We're going to pick up in verse 18. So skip ahead here. Same chapter, but uh, pick up in verse 18. Here, then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed, seed was sown beside the road. You might have picked up on that already when you, when you heard uh, the first section of this parable, the seed that fell beside the roadside. The seed is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the seed represents, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message that he took our place on the cross, paid the price for our sin and rose again to forgive us of that sin and welcome us into God's family. Our greatest gift. The farmer tossing that seed out at that point was first. John the Baptist, then Jesus himself, and then his disciples who would be sent out. Anyone who brought the message of Jesus Christ out to the world. Today, that includes any one of us who goes and shares the hope of Jesus with somebody else, especially during this trying time. That seed falls on many different kinds of ground and situations and hearts, and life situations. Again, you might have picked up on that already. Hearts and life situations. The first kind of heart and life situation is the person who just does not get it. They just don't get it. Or they flat out refuse to get it. They don't want to hear anymore. They flat out refuse to get it. They don't see how first of all, they sin at all. But secondly, that if they sin, that their sin is all that bad and that they're in need of somebody to save them from it. They don't, they don't think that they need forgiveness. They don't think they need a savior and they think they're good enough on their own. This sounds, unfortunately, way too familiar to us, doesn't it? Way too familiar. Maybe that was some of us at one point before before Jesus opened our eyes. Or this type of heart, this type of, of situation, they, they just do not, they just do not want to hear anything about God or even believe he exists, let alone has paid for their, their salvation. That's the first type of soil and heart. I'll figure out a better situation next next week, get some clips. When, when these types of, of, of hearts, and these types of, of hearts of people, when they hear the gospel, unfortunately what happens is that the enemy of our souls immediately snatches it away. That's why they just, they flat out refuse. The enemy immediately snatches it away And it's never to be thought of again. It's out of their mind and just out there. Never to be thought of again. Likewise, in verses 20 through 21, we read, The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, some people have twisted this to mean, hey, look, there is evidence that somebody can lose their salvation. But this is not what, this verse, what these verses are talking about at all. According to one biblical scholar, both this heart, this type of heart and the next one dis- described refer to people who express an initial interest. Now, that's key. That word is key. An initial interest in the gospel message. It makes them feel good. It sounds nice. But what happens is they don't anchor their souls to it. There's no anchoring of their souls to it. They just think it's nice. It sounds good. In other words, while they're initially interested, they don't actually believe it. They don't actually put their trust in it at all. It's like when you go buy something big like a car or, or a house. You don't buy the first one you see, right? You shop around, you might go see a few different cars at a few different dealerships, or you might go see a few different houses in a few different communities. When you do that, more than one will interest you. That's just the way it goes, it will interest you. You might say, yeah, I could see myself driving that car, living in that house. But you could say that about a few different ones. You don't say that about just one. You could say that about a few different ones. It's only when you actually sign your name on the dotted line, when you actually buy the car, or actually put the down payment on the house, that you say, yup, this one is mine. I take this one for myself. That's when you invest in it. That's when you anchor yourself to it. That's when you believe in it, in other words. The other cars or houses you were initially interested in, they're forgotten. They fall by the wayside. You've made a commitment to one. So in this illustration, the heart who hears the gospel message, the the heart who the gospel message falls on is like when you see the first car or house that has potential. Maybe you've been through this experience and you get all excited about it and you think, oh, what I thought, what I, what, what I dreamed about, that could actually happen. I'm, I'm excited about this. But then you see the next car. You see the next house, which is even better in your mind than the first. So the first ones are forgotten. You were excited about the first ones at first. But as soon as something better, in your mind anyway, came along, you threw aside what you were initially excited about, what initially sounded good to you, one might be initially excited about how nice the gospel of Jesus sounds. But then when they find out about all the trouble and all the hardship and all the suffering that comes along with it, they drop it like a hot potato and move on to the next nice-sounding thing. They never believed in it in the first place. They didn't form any roots. They didn't invest anything into it, and so it was easily dropped. And that's the seed that falls on the soil that's only a few inches away from the bedrock. They're initially excited about it, but then they move on to the next thing when they find out about, oh, wait, there's these other not-so-nice things that come along with it? Ah, I'm not so sure about that now. The next one The third type of soil, the third type of heart, is similar, but with a distinct difference. In verse 22, this is what we read. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, this describes the one who hears the gospel. And again, it sounds nice to them, and they're about to invest in it. But then the noise of the world and the cries of the worldly wealth are just louder. They're just louder. Whereas the seed cast onto rocky soil didn't form any roots because of the fear of negative troubles, negative troubles and suffering, this seed cast into the brambles didn't form roots because of the positive temptations of the world. Both, as we see here, are equally as destructive, both thinking about negative things and the positive temptations of the world. The seed choked out by brambles describes those who let the world And the world's worries and what the world places importance on dictate how their lives are lived. The gospel of Jesus sounds nice at first, but then they start thinking about all that they'd have to give up in this world. And it's just too much, it's not worth it. They wouldn't be able to do the fun things. They want to continue to do. They wouldn't be able to focus everything they had on their career and climbing the ladder of worldly success. And all the things that are important to this world cause too much worry in their lives. Lastly, is the heart of fertile soil. The last one, the fourth one. The heart of fertile soil that the gospel message of Jesus falls onto. Verse 23. And the one on whom seed was sown on, the, was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. This describes the one who hears the gospel, and again, uh, this, this person gets it. This person hears the gospel message of Jesus Christ and they get it, and they get it so well that they see their need for a savior from their sin. This person knows their sin separates them from God, knows that Jesus took their place on the cross and knows that they have to ask Jesus for forgiveness of their sin, which they then do. They have that reasonable but also childlike faith we talked about in the last video service, and they grow in their faith and knowledge of Jesus and God's Word, and to seek to bring their lives in every single way in line with what they know God wants for them. Not only do they bear spiritual fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, hey, here we go, which you just wrapped up that revisit series on, not only do they bear spiritual fruit, but they also produce that extra seed. What's the extra seed symbolize? All the other people that they shared the gospel with and have led to faith in Jesus and have led to become a part of God's family and have brought to church and will be bringing with them into heaven someday. That one gospel seed that fell on fertile soil ended up multiplying by another 30 people, another 30 people going to heaven, another 60 people entering heaven, or another 100 people who will also enter heaven one day, all because of that one seed. Isn't that incredible? That is inspiring. That's who I wanna be, amen? That is inspiring. I want to take a hundred people with me to heaven. I think everybody here would agree. You might be sitting here today and you might have been thinking and processing and viewing Jesus in the world through eyes that were roadway dirt or shallow soil or a thicket of brambles. Part of the reason for what has been rocking our country over the past few months is to shake you. You might wonder why is God allowing all this stuff to happen? Part of the reason, one of the major reasons is to shake you and to shake this whole country up. But it's to shake each of us as individuals too, to shake you up and to force you to look at what really matters. It has shifted priorities for a lot of people and that's a very good thing. It has caused us to let go of what the world considers important and go searching for something bigger and deeper. So you might have come here today and you might have been viewing life and everything through roadway dirt eyes or shallow dirt eyes or bramble eyes. Fully embrace that shaking up of everything. Fall headlong into it. Break out of the mirage that anything but Jesus matters in this world. Do the right thing for yourself and do the right thing for your family. Jump into putting all of your faith in Jesus and God's perfect will. Start bringing your family to church again. We're having it. It's a little bit different, but we're having it. Start bringing your family to church again. Even if it's been years, it's never too late to change. So you can all start growing in your faith. Start that new journey of new purpose and new meaning by talking to God and saying, God, I know I sin. I know my sin separates me from you because of the rebellion of that sin. I know Jesus took my place on the cross, dying on my behalf for my sin. Paying the price for sin so that I can be restored to God. I know he rose from the dead to give me new life in every way. Forgive me of my sin and start changing my life around. I make Jesus the king of my life from this moment forward. Amen. And then you know what you'll see start happening? you will see God start to make miraculous change in your heart and in your life, as well as make miraculous change in your family. You will start to see things differently, and you will not worry about as many things and and, and not fear as many things. The things you think are important will change, and they will be the things that actually matter in the light of eternity. Let someone else who is a follower of Jesus, you know who is a follower of Jesus, know that you've made this decision today so they can be a source of encouragement and help in your new faith. You might be sitting here having made that decision a long time ago, a long time ago, or it might be not so long ago, but this difficult time has also shaken you to the core. Yes, this parable is primarily about which hearts and situations the gospel message of Jesus will fall onto and salvation from it. But it can also be extended to include how followers of Jesus today have been affected by this current crisis. Have you been reacting to this current crisis by allowing the enemy to snatch away the promises of God you know you flat out know or in his word, but you're letting the, the enemy come and snatch away those promises from your life? Has the enemy successfully kept you down? You're not spending that much time in God's word or conversing with God because you wonder what's the point? Has the enemy cast you into a spiraling dark depression during this trying time? Has he convinced you that faith and God is futile, and that God doesn't actually care about you? Has he successfully convinced you of that? This is certainly not a time for berating. You're not gonna hear any berating right now. This is certainly not a time for berating, but God wants to lift you up from that roadway. God wants to lift you up today from that roadway and keep the enemy from snatching away those promises of his out of your life. He wants to plant those seeds of his promises that he will never, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. Don't let the enemy steal those promises from God's word out of your life anymore. Don't let it. Let them be firmly planted in you. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says, Jesus said, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. He already knows them. All we need to do, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Psalm eighteen two through three. The, ro- the Lord is my rock my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock and whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. John ten twenty seven through 33. Jesus' words. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Luke four seventeen through 19. He unrolled the scroll. Jesus unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. The blind will see and the oppressed will be set free. That the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. You don't live there anymore. That is not who you are. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Psalm 139, 15 through 18. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded. In your book, every day. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God! They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them, they outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Matthew 28:20 20. Be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age I am with you always even to the end of the age You might be sitting here today and you made the decision to give your life to God because of what Jesus did for you, but over the past few months during this crisis, the cares of this world and the fear of suffering are threatening to choke you. They're blocking out the sunlight and they're blocking out the growth of your roots. Rest assured, brothers and sisters, Jesus has not changed. Jesus has not changed. Things might have gotten scarier, but Jesus' power has not waned. Things may have gotten darker, but Jesus' light of hope has not dimmed. Things may have gotten lonelier, especially during this quarantine period, but Jesus' presence has not faded. Things may have gotten leaner, but Jesus' provision has not weakened. Things have got, may have gotten sadder, but, got, but Jesus' comfort has not faded. The Holy Spirit promises us in the book of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same author says right before that, that because of this, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will not fear. What can mere people do to me? So brothers and sisters, have no fear, have no fear. Do not let the worries and cares of this world and the current crisis we're going through choke out the promises and hope of God. Our situations will always change, but Jesus will never change. God's promises will never change. Break through those brambles above and break through the bedrock below. Reach up toward the light of Jesus and strike your roots deep into his word. Then, as Psalm 1 3 says, you will be a tree firmly planted by the water, bearing all the fruit God wants you to bear never withering and prospering in all you do. And when the storms and hurricane-force winds push at you and threaten to topple you over, you will remain standing firm. And those looking at you will wonder, how are you weathering this storm? How are you doing it? I don't get it. And you can reply, well, let me tell you exactly how I'm able to. I have Jesus and you can too. But it all starts somewhere. It all starts with an itty itty bitty seed. It all starts with a seed. Let that seed be planted in fertile soil. Nurturing it with the nutrients of God's word and gathering together with his people and seeing what profound growth God will accomplish in our lives through it. Do not let the enemy snatch away the promises of God, but cling evermore to them, anchoring your soul onto the hope of Jesus. And as you continually place your hope In Jesus and in Jesus alone, you will weather every storm like a mighty and towering tree. Like one of these here. You will weather every storm. A beacon of strength to everyone who sees you. Not only in this current storm that we're in now, but the next one too. As Jesus told his disciples in explaining why he taught them in parables from that point on and equally a blessing as a blessing to us as his followers today in Matthew 13:11 and 12 and verse 16. This is what I'm going to close with. Jesus replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. And this is what I want to encourage you guys with. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this first parable in this series of parables that you will be teaching in your word and and what you'll be teaching us about over the coming weeks we thank you that they hold so much truth in them for us they breathe new life into us and so lord I, i pray that if there's anybody here who's not invested, who has not made that commitment who has not made that decision to follow you i pray they would do so today And for those of us who have been following you for years, or or maybe not not even a year, Lord, I pray that as we continue to go through this current crisis, if the brambles of this world, the shallow soil of this world, if they're threatening to choke us out, I pray that we break through all of that and know I know the only thing that matters in this life, and it's the one who never changes. Things all around me And in this world, we'll always change. But my God, my Lord, Jesus Christ, will never change. And God's promises will never change. I pray that we would go forth into this upcoming week with that strength, facing each challenge that comes against us this week. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. If you would take your lyric sheet back out again. We will close with our closing hymn. And again, especially in connection with the songs we've already done, and especially what we have been through as a church family, what we will continue to go through as a church family. This closing hymn, It is well with my soul, will always ring true. Because no matter what happens to us in this life, we know that our soul is anchored. We know where we're going. If death befall us, we know who we're going to be with. And because of that, no matter what happens in this life, it will always be well with our soul.
1: When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea build it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Oh my soul It is well With my soul It is well, it is well With my soul Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so. It with my soul it is well it is well with my soul
0: brothers and sisters again uh, please wait uh, before for somebody to direct you out It's so great to see all of you. Those of you I can see. uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day worshiping the Lord and resting. And uh, we'll see you next week. Next week, next Sunday, same place, same time. uh, 10 a.m. right here. Again, please get here a little bit early. You guys did a great job today getting here early. Uh, As we enter this new week, may you be filled with the strength and peace That can only come from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the unchanging, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Go in peace. Amen.